0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, Come of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. Another loss tonight. Rockets fall to 13 and 48 on the season. And this is loss number 10 in a row. We've hit double digits once again. Final score. Denver Nuggets 133. Houston Rockets 112. Now, look, Denver is the best team in the West. They've Got the soon-to-be three-time MVP. This isn't that big of a surprise all things considered. Um but of course um you get you get the loss tonight and you never want to see that. Uh Jamal Murray had 32 points, 16 of those came in the first 9 minutes of the game. Again, letting these scorers get hot is not conducive for the Rockets. Uh 17 for Michael Porter, uh 14 for KCP. 14 for Jokic, but that came with 11 rebounds and 10 assists as well. Uh, 15 off the bench for Bruce Brown. And 11 for Aaron Gordon in just 21 minutes. That's all he needed to play, you know? The Nuggets had this game wrapped up pretty much uh, at halftime. They were up nearly 20 points. Or they were up 20 points, excuse me, at 73. uh, Yeah, 74-54 at halftime. And it kind of just cruised cruised from there. Um, The Rockets, meanwhile... Uh, 17 points for Tari Eason, 12 boards off the bench for him. Another solid game from him. Uh, we also saw the return of Jalen green, just 19 minutes tonight from Jalen. But considering the fact that there is another game tomorrow night and he, he hasn't played in a couple of weeks. I think if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't played since, you know, it's been, it's been a couple of weeks. I, I want to say it was at the beginning of the month, but. Uh, you know, it was like two weeks ago. It feels like forever ago, but uh, good to see Jalen back out there today. Uh, had a good outing, I feel, um, in in that spot. Uh, 14 points for Dacian Nix tonight. A decent night for him. Uh, 15 for KJ, um, and you got Ty Ty off the bench with 12, and Josh Christopher off the bench with 11. Um, so some decent individual nights for the Rockets, but this team just defensively doesn't have it. And, you know, defense turn for good, for great teams, I should say great teams, defense, a good defense can turn into a good offense as well. Or a great defense can turn into a good offense. And that to me is Denver. You know, Denver doesn't, you know, have, like Denver isn't seen as this like, you know, super power on the defensive end of the court, but if you look at their, um, if you look at their opponents, you know, points per game, they allow, they're about in the middle of the pack at 112.8, uh, which is good enough for 13th in the league. But I mean, if you take away a point, you know, they, they jump right into that top five or so. Um, so their defense is pretty sound. Um, and they use that to generate offense, you know, and, and they've got the perfect players around for uh, Nikola Jokic. And um, it's, it's just really hard for any team to win, let alone the worst team in the league, Uh, AKA the Houston Rockets uh, 13 and 48 tonight, 30 games behind the nuggets. That's, that's the difference between the nuggets and the Rockets guys. It's 30 games. And yeah, you, you could feel that a little bit tonight, that this was just two different levels of play, and the Rockets just weren't there, even with Jalen back. Um, you know, it's it's weird. You know, uh, the last time I hosted a show on Friday, I believe it was, you know, we were talking about, like, things that the Rockets could really do um, to kind of, like, salvage something out of this season. and. I'm still struggling to find that. Like, I really am struggling to figure out, um, you know, what can be salvaged until this team gets a new coach, and it's it's hard for me to find something, you know. Um, but I think you know these individual performances from Tari, um, these individual like Jalen, I thought was solid tonight. You know, that's something just to kind of keep hope alive until the end of the season and then that's when the hope can start to grow when the team makes some massive changes but uh, i've got my co-pilot michael brown up here so i'm gonna bring him on up for a little bit of a chat michael brown what's going on
0: hey man driving home from bowling thought i would check in with you
1: yeah how much did, did you bowl more than um the houston rockets did tonight
0: uh yeah i averaged 150 over three games tonight so i think i did okay
1: well that is that is more than the denver nuggets good sir well you're a pretty good bowler though you've been bowling for a while
0: uh yeah a couple years i this is the last year i'm gonna do like the league thing because it's just not my thing anymore but it is what it is i caught some of the game it seemed like a uh, typical rockets performance this year so i don't think i missed too much did i
1: Not, not too much. I mean, the, what is yesterday is today. What is today is tomorrow. I feel like with this Rockets team right now, we're kind of in this, this lull until, until the lottery, really. That's, that's kind of how I feel. Um, that doesn't mean we, we can't, you know, look at these games and, and talk about it a little bit. You know, Tari had a pretty solid night. Like, you know, let's let's add some joy to this podcast. Tari Eason, 17 and twelve tonight, uh, leading scorer for the Rockets, leading rebounder for the Rockets. Six of those naturally uh, came on the offensive end and on the rebound side. Um, but you know, those are the things we can we can you know be excited about as as the season you know comes into the final stage right here. Is is moments like Tari's, and you know, hopefully we can be able to. You know, take that and enjoy it for what it's worth.
0: What, um, what Jabari did tonight?
1: Jabari, uh, again, you know, really kind of blah night for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, of, oh, of four from three. Uh, had eight points, um, six boards. It was just, you know, not what you want from the top draft pick. Um, he's also starting to kind a... of see like, yeah. yeah, it's it's rough for Jabari. Um and you know, we've we've kinda talked about it um over the last couple of weeks. It's you know, I, I really wanna see what happens when he gets a new coach. But new coaching early that, returns dude. on Jabari. I know it's all and I don't like, you know, making these rough judgments after less than a season. But we've got fifty seven games out of Jabari so far, fifty eight and it's just not n- it's. I think because he was the number three pick, he had such high expectations. Like if you swapped Jabari and Tari's um, placement uh, in the draft, I think we'd be more excited about Jabari.
0: Yeah. Uh, who was it? Adam and I. Adam and I went went at not went at it. That's not the right word. We we had a heated debate on the last show about that. And to me, he needs a new coach, and he needs a point guard. Like he needs a guy that can distribute him the ball in better places than what he's getting it right now. And if you actually yeah. look at it, like I get the hate on Jabari, no doubt. Would I bench him for Tari? Me personally, no, because you uh, you can't do that right now, and it doesn't make any sense to Tari's thriving in his role. Why would you remove him yeah. from that role? Number one, but number two. His numbers, and he's on a better team. He's having a better year, Jabari, is than Keegan Murray. I mean, Murray lit us up just like the entire league does. But it, it's not like, you know, the Rockets made a terrible choice at three, still, in my opinion. I think he's struggling. I think he'll come, but out, also, I think he'll come out on the other side. Yeah.
1: Of Statistically, Keegan Murray and Jabari Smith are roughly the same yeah. in terms of averages. Uh, they're both averaging exactly 12 points per game. The one difference, Keegan Murray is shooting over 40% from three, whereas Daivari is shooting yep. under 30. Yep, that's the major difference. He's that is the problem, problem because he was branded as a three-point shooter, a- and yeah. that is probably, I think, the, the the challenge that he's facing is, you know, he was a he was a great three-point shooter in college, but now in the pros, he's, he's kind of, you know, not he's at, there yet. And he said a wall.
0: He set a wall in his rookie year. He
1: said a wall. Yeah, definitely, you know, and and look, we and, and by no means am I or are you writing off Jabari. I don't think that that's like what 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 is the nature of this conversation. But um I think it's fair to be underwhelmed or even a little bit disappointed by his Certainly. output so far. But I also think that if you were to change some variables around Jabari, that things could work out. Do I think he's going to be, you know, considered to have the third best career in this whole draft class? Probably not. Um, and maybe in a redraft ten years from now, I don't think he'll end up as a top three pick. But um, you know, Jabari has all the physical tools Oof. to be a great player in the NBA uh, or have a long career in the NBA. A really, really solid, good player in the NBA. Um, it just the the culture's got to change, and that's not Jabari's fault.
0: No, it's not. And I, this will be my final point before I, I let you take the rest of the night. Is there? There's just, they need a change so bad, Jeremy. Like, it's hard to put into words how badly they need a new coach and a new philosophy and a new direction. It, it's so sorely needed that losses, I mean, they just don't even phase us anymore. They're 13 and 48 now. I can't even wait for this season to be over, you know? And I know that's not great for the shows that you and I do, for one of us to be like, I can't wait for the season to be over. They're just, they play with no heart as a whole. They play with no direction. They play with no leadership. And that starts from the top down for me.
1: Yeah, and every time we have an episode, it's one step closer to the end of that season. Much love, we So um, we'll, we'll call this a celebration. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll leave you to it, Mike. Thank you for popping in and chatting with me for a bit. All right. That's, that's my co-pilot, Michael Brown, uh, piloting his car. Um, and I'm going to co-pilot the rest of this podcast. Won't be too much longer. Um, but if anyone else wants to come up and, and talk, hit that speaker request button and, uh, we can chop it up. Um, you know, I, I think with tonight, um, you know, a lot of people have kind of looked at Denver as a um as kind of a model for the rocks especially with um especially with how shangun has been playing and how he has like a Jokic potential um as a pastor um and this guy ct is coming up and he's a perfect guy to talk to he's kind of my nuggets guy on here um so i'll see what he has to say about that but ct welcome back to the dream take been a minute brother how are you Hit that unmute button, CT, and then you will be able hey, to... Hey, Jeremy, can you me? hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear.
2: Great. I know it's been a minute. How's everything going?
1: Yeah, uh, pretty shit. We're at the bottom of the standings, but how's how's the weather up there at the top?
2: <laughs> ah, it's looking nice right now. Just got to keep sustaining, <laughs> though.
1: Yeah, we, we, um, we're we happy to oblige to your charity work tonight. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, I'm glad that you came up here because I guess you know the nuggets are kind of what a lot of teams are aspiring to be um as you know this team that you know has arguably the best player in the league um and he's a he's a big guy that can pass and and we've seen that a little bit with shangun obviously tonight shangun did not have his best night 7 points uh, but 8 assists shangun not not a lot of big men can can post 8 assists in a game um so like can you see like the the smallest little semblance from an outsider's perspective of like a maybe the Rockets can try and mimic what the Nuggets do with Shangun as that Jokic archetype not saying that he'll be Jokic but but is there some semblance of what y'all are trying to build in Denver
2: Yeah, I think I think to a degree for sure. Um you see a guy like uh Shangun um, you know, really good passer, I think, this year. I think his scoring is a little bit behind still right now. Um, I think he's a little more undersized than Jokic, so I think that's a factor as well. Um, just watching him tonight, I think he was trying to do too much offensively, I think, um, instead of letting the game come to him. So I think that's, you know, one of the the problems that he had uh, in this game in particular. But, yeah, you know, you see like uh, like a Jalen Green as somebody who fits the, the Murray archetype as, you know, probably more of a score-first guard uh, with the playmaking slowly catching up as well. Um, then you see Jabari Smith kind of in that Michael Porter Jr. Uh, mold, you know, guy who's, you know, he was billed as a shooter coming out of the draft, but hasn't really lived up to that this year. Um, I actually think Jabari's a better defender than MPJ, uh, you know, in the long run. So I think that's where the two uh, kind of, you know, differ there. But yeah, no, I definitely see, um, you know, some semblance of similarities. But I-, I just think the Rockets probably, I don't know how you feel about it, probably need a uh, – a culture and, and a coaching change to to kind of see the potential with everybody.
1: Any assistants in Denver looking for maybe a uh, a head coaching job this off season that maybe Rockets fans should keep an eye on?
2: Yeah, no, I think um, Rick Adelman, he filled in for Malone a, b- a bunch of games this year oh. when Malone was. Uh... <laughs> well, we
1: know a lot about Rick Adelman already. I don't know. Yeah. Is he really going to want to be a coach again? A um, coach I think the- it's, his,
2: it's, it's his son. Adelman, I I don't know his, I, oh his I, son his son yeah his son so he's filled in uh, from Malone on a bunch of occasions he was that would be interesting. yeah no he was out with COVID and um so David Adelman David I Adelman sorry yep. yep yeah yep, David Adelman
1: um forty one yeah that would be interesting that would be very interesting um for us because we obviously had Rick Adelman here um he was the coach um for the Rockets in their like t- late two thousands. Uh, early 2010s era the the 22 game win streak that the Rockets had back in 2008 that's Rick Adelman's team and so that's kind of his um that's kind of his uh legacy in Houston and he won a playoff series in 09 got the team to seven games in the second round they lost to Kobe and the Lakers they won the championship that year um so that would be kind of interesting that's uh, a name that we'll definitely have on the radar thanks for that CT but um you know, kind of bring this back to to tonight's game. Um, you know, I, I guess like we we kind of do see. I think because Shengun is very different than than most bigs in the league, and and obviously Jokic is kind of the bar that you set for yourself as the MVP. Um, but it, it seems to me like Jokic is getting even better. Um, is this the best season that he's had in this three year run or? Is he just simply the best?
2: Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you make a great point. I think it's his most complete year, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, he's got more help this year with uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., so I think that's why his assists are up. Last year's team was not really that great. A lot. It's, it's pretty funny looking back at it now. Most of the guys that were in the rotation for the Nuggets last year are basically either out of the league or uh, bench players. So, you know, getting MPJ back and Murray mm-hmm. back has really, you know, had an uptick in his assists. Uh, which has been great but i think yeah all around i think a lot of pressure has been taken off him from a scoring perspective but um his playmaking has definitely taken a leap and uh yeah no i think he's he's at a point where his scoring is is pretty dominant but um definitely the playmaking is is where he's he's taken the biggest leap for sure
1: yeah and and defensively is something i also want to uh touch on because shangun has gotten uh criticism on the past um, in the past couple of games specifically because um the Rockets have like benched him um it they have benched him before, you know, the clutch time or crunch time in games, not because they are necessarily out of these games, because he's they, they seem to pick on him uh defensively, especially in a pick and roll setting. Um did Jokic ever have those kind of uh defensive struggles early on in his career? And how do you think he's able to possibly uh you know get
2: through exactly. that? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jokic was a mark early in his career. And again, I think at times he's still a mark, you know, sometimes depending on mm-hmm. um, the personnel on the, the opposing team, whether it's speedy guards or, um, you know, bigger wings that like to attack him pick and pick a roll. But again, I think, uh, the Nuggets have better infrastructure around him. You know, they have Aaron Gordon, they have KCP, two guys who are rangy defenders who can kind of cover with their athleticism for Jokic. Um, and again, I don't think the scheme, again, I think it's a lot of the coaching as well, I'm actually interested to see where you stand with the coaching in general for the Rockets. Uh, Jokic strictly plays a, a two-on-ball scheme. So it's basically whoever's guarding the ball handler and Jokic trap the ball screen to get the ball out of their hands. So you really can't get Jokic downhill. And Jokic has quick hands, so it really, really helps, you know, his defensive uh, kind of ability there. So I'm kind of curious to see if Sing- if Shangun would have similar success where, um you know, you put two on the ball and you kind of mitigate him getting downhill at the rim. So, and again, I think just with age and, you know, experience, I think Shingun will get better on that end of, of the floor for sure.
1: To me, I think the most exciting part about this season has been, and I mean, there's not a lot of excitement when the team has only won 13 games and it's much, um, but um, uh potential kind of unlocking and, and kind of getting to that next level. Um, is something that I feel like the Rockets can hang their hat on. Um, and if there's anything to take away from this season, that's probably what it is. And, you know, it, obviously this draft is going to be really important for the Rockets, but if the Rockets after this draft still find themselves in a position where they can really build around Shangun and they can really, you know, turn him into that Jokic archetype, I'm, I'm, I don't know if he'll ever be as... I, I doubt he'll ever be as good as Jokic. I mean, I don't think any player in the league has won three consecutive MVPs. So I you, you never want to shoot that far. But if he can be a poor man's Nikola Jokic and be a consistent all-star, right. that to me is enough. Um and you know, especially considering where the Rockets got him in the draft, um, mm-hmm. it would totally be worth it. I think it's worth it that they got him anyway. But uh all these like, you know, to me, I think I think the scheme, like you said, CT is a lot of why Shangun is not uh fulfilling his whole potential and of course you know experience you know he's only you know 2 years in the league now and um you know when if they were to get him a different kind of just perspective i think i think that could change a lot not just for Shangun but for a lot of these guys um and and that's kind of where we're at in Houston right now is like once we get a new coach that can you know that coach has to be the right coach but if they can get it right there's a lot of talent with this group that hasn't been tapped into yet. And I feel like this, this right. coaching staff, I hate to use the word lazy, but for lack of a better word, like I, I just feel like they haven't done a whole lot of experimenting with this group. They haven't, you know, changed a lot of the lineups. They kind of just stuck it out and they're kind of just waiting to right. be executed. Um, um, And that's, you know, that's on them. Like, you know, they, they could save their jobs if they really wanted to, and they're not. They're not doing enough to save their jobs. And I hope that one day um, we can be where you guys are in the standings, CT, and uh, you know. But maybe, maybe someday, maybe someday. But uh, before we go, let's let's talk a little bit of Nuggets. This is a Rockets podcast, but CT, you're a Nuggets guy. Um, what? Which team in the West are you most scared of for the Nuggets?
2: I'd say definitely the Suns. Um, Suns for sure, and then I would probably say after that it's i really don't i really don't know definitely the suns for sure um and then a first round series with the lakers just because of the narrative would be pretty funny but um yeah definitely the suns uh just as far as you know getting kevin durant adding that to a team that's already really good um i think that that'd be pretty dangerous for the nuggets you know especially if they play in the second round the nuggets have the potential to go home early then um but yeah i think the suns just present a lot of problems and KD hasn't played a game yet so i can't sit here and say like
1: Weird. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot. We got to, I mean, we got to see what KD looks like in, with the Suns and how that'll work out. I mean, there definitely is that fear. Um, but a lot yeah. of people are saying that this is a championship or bust for the Nuggets, uh, at least that I've seen. Uh, do you agree with that? I disagree. Yeah, no, I, I definitely disagree about the championship or bust, but I do
2: think there's a lot of pressure on Jokic to kind of, I wouldn't say convert because he's been very good in the playoffs. It's just he hasn't had his full amount of guys. You know, Murray's been out for two playoff runs. MPJ was out last year as well. So it's like the Nuggets don't have their yeah. full... You know the two other max guys. You're you're not going to be. You know, if you take uh, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson from Steph Curry, is he going to really do well in the playoffs? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. So, I, I think a year for the Nuggets since they're all healthy. In the last year they were all healthy, they made the Western Conference Finals. So it, there is pressure on them for sure. But I wouldn't say it's championship robust, But I do think they at least have to get to the Western
1: Conference Finals in order for uh, the narrative okay. to be quiet. Well. Fingers crossed they stay healthy. We still got a month until the postseason and the postseason, of course, anything can happen. But, uh, you know, the Nuggets, they, they, they're a fun team. They're a fun team to watch. I actually got to catch a game in Denver, um, earlier this year. Um, my first time at ball arena. Um, and Jokic didn't play. Guess what? They lost, but of course, but, uh, <laughs> CT, That's anything terrible. else before you sign off? Tell the listeners where they can follow you. Yeah, you know, once again, Jeremy, thanks for having me yeah. on. Uh, I know we haven't
2: done this in a while, so it's good to, to finally catch up and, uh, you know, see where, where you're at with the Rockets and, you know, the NBA. So, uh, once again, thanks well, for having me We're at the on.
1: bottom. Not much has changed.
2: Hey, maybe I'll <laughs> get one Benaiah this year. Fingers Wendaiah. crossed, maybe. Yep. But, uh, yeah, everyone can follow me on Twitter at CTFazio24. Um, probably have some articles coming out for the draft and uh, the Nuggets playoff hopes coming up uh, soon. So, yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter at CTFazio24 and, and follow my work at Crown Hoops.
1: All right. Thank you so much, CT. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jeremy. Have a good one. That was really pleasant. You know, we don't often get a lot of enemy perspective. I hate to use the word enemy because CT is not an enemy, Um, but just different non-Rockets perspective, the outside perspective, um, especially for a team that uh, is what the Rockets aspire to be um, in the coming years. So uh, yeah, great place. Great show tonight a uh, great place to park the rocket ship. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream shake. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream shake. SBN. You can also head over to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there and head over to our website, the home of all things, Houston rockets at dot nation.com. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, of course they decide uh, let's give the rockets a nuggets, Grizzlies back to back. Cause that's, you know, cool. I mean, it's it's what it is. The Grizzlies won tonight, uh, 121-109 over the Lakers. So they're coming in with the hot hand. I'm sure they'll give the Rockets everything they asked for. But I will remember this. There was a show that we did. Um, it was a year ago. It was in March. Um, the Rockets played the Grizzlies. I was on a plane, and I land, and the Rockets beat the Grizzlies. And I was totally bewildered with excitement um so i just wanted to bring that memory up maybe throw some good juju in the air maybe we could see that happen tomorrow um but we'll probably not Let, let's let's be honest probably not um but be sure to follow uh, my co-pilot on twitter mike brown at mike brown underscore 2020 he came on early in the show thank you so much mike and you can follow me on twitter jeremy brenner j-e-r-e-m-y B R E N E R. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Taken. Until next time, go, Rocket.